0: This is Boundless, and I'm Ed Blonsky. Everyone has a need, and I'm glad to share with you, the one thing that can meet every single need. It is the love of Jesus Christ. On today's show, you'll hear a message of love and hope, the very same love and hope that will meet all needs. The messages on Boundless have recently been given at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. And if you happen to be in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit at www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatths.net. Now, here's today's message. Thanks for listening. Have you ever noticed that life is never easy? The other day, I was getting the hose out to water the plants around the house thought, oh, this will be simple, right? Just unravel the, ho- the hose, the thing that's rolled up on at the house, and pull it over to the plants and water them. But as I began to unroll it, it would get tangled, it would get crumpled, it would get snagged on things. Something that I thought would just be real easy, turned into a real big hassle. So I watered the plants, and then I was going to roll the hose back up so it's ready to go the next time, right? So it's nice and neat. Start rolling it up, and it's getting snagged on things, it's crimped up, and it's Getting all tangled up again. It should have been so easy and turned out to be this really big hard thing to do Just to simply water some plants around the house life Can be hard at times. I'm sure you've noticed that this past weekend. I installed some new electrical lights in our home and I realized I'm a preacher not an electrician what should have been easy, right? You take the, the new lights, come out of the package, there's two wires. Oh, that's simple. I just connected the two wires, you know, black and white in the package, so black and white that comes out of the ceiling, right? That isn't the way it was in our house. There's a white one and a gold wire. And there's more than one white one at some of it. So one of them had three white ones. Well, I was smart enough to at least turn the breaker off, right? And so I set them up and, I, and I, when I got to the third one, I'm trying to connect all the wires. It ends up being four wires on one thing, and I touched one of the wires and I still got a shock. The breaker was off and I'm still getting electrocuted. Life is supposed to be Well, we know it's not going to be easy, but it should it be this hard? I thought it'd be simple, fast and easy putting these lights up. But life is never easy. One of the things that I've learned about in putting together this whole series called Born Again from the readings of 1 Peter is that worthwhile things are never easy to do. You have to go through a lot of work to be good at something. You have to go through a lot of tough times in order to appreciate peace and joy, and you have to suffer to really get to those joyful times. For example, someone who sings or plays an instrument, they don't just show up at a concert or event, pick up the sheet music and start playing or start singing. No, depending on the piece of music, it can take days, weeks, or even months of rehearsals and practice to belt out that music or that song. Last year when I sang the national anthem with the master's voice at a Milwaukee Brewers game. I'm sure it might have looked like it was so simple. We just walked out onto the field, the five of us, and sang in four-part harmony this, the National Anthem and then got to sit back down. But what few people realize is we have been preparing for that moment for the last 38 years. That's how long we have been singing together and learning songs like the National Anthem and other songs and practicing countless times, getting together to sing and practice. And it was so worth it. Life may not always be easy, that's true, but it is also true that worthwhile things never are easy. Let me uh, stick with the baseball analogy for a moment here to illustrate this point. Professional baseball players don't just pick up a, a bat or a glove and head out onto a major league field. There are years, decades of practice and training and playing that happen. And during all that time, there are a lot more failures than there are successes. And failure makes life hard. But I think you could also make the case that failure is a great teacher and a great motivator. Failure is a great motivator. A player fails to hit the ball eight or nine times out of 10 is motivated to practice harder. Take thousands of swings in the batting cage or out on the field with the pitching coach, the batting coach, you know, the, the, the batting practice pitcher to lower that number of times of failure, of failing to hit the ball safely to seven or maybe even six times out of 10. Failure is a great motivator and failure is also a great teacher. I heard once that we learn more from failure than we do from success. And I think that's a lot, that's true in a lot of ways. When Thomas Edison was inventing the light bulb, he failed at it about a thousand times according to his uh, estimation. And people asked him, what's it like to fail something at something a thousand times? Tom said said, I really don't look at it as, as, as failing a thousand times. I just learned a thousand ways how not to make a light bulb. It's a great teacher. We can learn when we fail how not to do something again to try something new or to try it in a different way to get a different and hopefully a successful result. I don't think there's any argument that life is never easy. Life is full of suffering. I do not think it's arguable, debatable. Life is hard, life is full of suffering, and no one knows this better than Jesus Christ himself. What Jesus did was not easy. He took the sins of the whole world upon himself, and coming as his people's Messiah, the vast majority of his people rejected him as the Messiah. He went through the Passion, the Crucifixion, and death on a cross, not easy, so much suffering. Why would he willingly leave his throne in heaven and come to endure all of that? because suffering and death was not the end of the story. Jesus goes to the cross for you. His death makes you a born-again follower of Jesus. And now Jesus brings you restoration, confirmation, strength, and establishment. As 1 Peter 5 tells us, and after you have suffered a a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, Confirm, strengthen, and establish. As a born-again follower of Jesus, I must tell you that this kind of life is not easy, but it is worth it. Yes, there is suffering. Jesus suffered for us, so we can expect to suffer for him on account of him. History is full of these stories. James, the half-brother of Jesus, was the leader of the Christian church in Jerusalem until A.D. 62, when the religious leaders of his day, those same ones who were rallied against Jesus, his half-brother, took James, bound him to the top of the temple, and then pushed him off to get rid of him. That didn't kill him, though. He got up, dusted himself off, and he began to pray for his attackers. They were having none of it. They picked up stones to stone him to death. And as they did so, he continued to pray for them. I can only imagine that he prayed like Stephen would later. Father forgive them, or Stephen did before. Father forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Finally, a fuller. A fuller is another way of saying a launderer. That's where I get this illustration from. They, they use the word fuller, that's sort of an English way. Of, and they would clean clothes by hitting them with, with a big club. And so this fuller took the club and hit and killed James with one blow to the head. I could tell you more and more stories about this. There are, you know, the stories of Stephen, Peter, Paul. The stories of Pliny the uh, Younger, Justin Martyr, Perpetua, Felicitas. Stories of these people who profess Jesus Christ, proclaim his gospel to the world, and and how they suffered and were eventually killed for it. We should expect today no less a hard time than any other follower of Jesus throughout history. But again, remember, this isn't the end of the story. Our suffering is not the end. Every follower of Jesus is also called to eternal glory. Not the glory of winning a championship or high political office. No, this eternal glory to which God calls all of us will restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. I hope you're enjoying today's message on Boundless from St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods. For more, you can go to our website, www.stmatts.net. That's www.stmatts.net You can support our ministry and access more online content of Boundless Hope. And if you have a child and you're looking for a preschool, consider the St. Matthew Early Childhood Center. We are a Jesus-filled school for three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and kindergarten-aged children. We are the first preschool in Illinois to receive National Lutheran Schools accreditation. Go to our website to find more about our Early Childhood Center and to enroll your little one today. Now, back to today's message. Let me take you through each of these four parts of the born-again life. First, restoration. Your original state, or maybe to better put it, God's intended state for you, was one of perfection and one of eternal life. But because Adam and Eve rejected God, as recorded in Genesis 3, the fall into sin, we now are all infected with original sin. No more perfect, no more eternal life, not in this world. In fact, now life is hard. Life is full of suffering. Evidence of this is the actual sins that you and I commit every day these would be every thought desire word or deed that is contrary to god's will as summarized in the ten commandments oh pastor why do you have to be such a downer i didn't come here to church on this beautiful sunday morning to witness this i understand you know it's part of my calling as a preacher to preach law and law can be a downer type of thing but i also get to preach the gospel And there are no better gospel words for me today to share with you than the words of Jesus as recorded in Revelation behold I am making all things new God is restoring us God is restoring us back to his original intention for us a restoration that began when we are baptized see baptism takes us back 2,000 years to the cross Where Jesus forgives all our sins. And so, in a sense, I don't miss this, in a sense, baptism is the eighth day of creation. You know the seven days of creation they're recorded in genesis 1 and 2 everybody's got a a, probably a working knowledge of that you can certainly look it up and read about it in the first two pages of the bible god creates everything that there is in seven days and on that seventh day he rests from his labors of creating and he doesn't create anything anymore until jesus comes along jesus dies on the cross to forgive all our sins and on the first day of the week Seven days have gone by, and now another day, the first day of the week, Jesus rises from the dead. And so that becomes the eighth day of creation, because as he says in Revelation, behold, I am making all things new through his death and resurrection. Baptism is the eighth day of creation, our baptismal day. This weekend, we had two brothers baptized. All four of them were confirmed in their born-again life as followers of Jesus, and we all now conf- confirm our baptismal day with daily contrition and repentance by the power of Christ's resurrection in us. So we are restored and we are confirmed. One and two. Two more parts strength and establishment. There are many ways to define strength in this world. There's physical strength, like that of a weightlifter, there's mental strength, like a Jeopardy champion. But the strength of a born-again follower of jesus is something unlike anything else in the world through our faith in jesus christ we have been given the strength to stand up to the devil to the evil world to our own sinful human nature we also have the strength to make our journey through this wilderness of suffering and hard life i've seen this strength in men and women who are born-again followers of Jesus, who have had to bury a wife or a husband or a son or a daughter, and they still endure. They still stand up to it and confess Jesus Christ as Savior. We have this strength in us. And we have the strength to bring this message of gospel, good news of Jesus, to a world that is lost. It surprises many people to find that it takes a great deal of strength and courage to proclaim the gospel to others. It may also surprise you to learn that you actually have no strength to do that, not in yourself. You carry nothing inside you that you carried from the womb that will give you the strength to carry the gospel message to the world. So that way, actually, that's good news. You don't have to worry about, do I have enough? Because God is the one who gives you all the strength. And as we know from the 23rd Psalm, he fills us up to overflowing with this strength to tell people that their boundless need is met by the boundless love of jesus so we can live with boundless hope so restored confirmed strength last one is established god establishes you and that means nothing's going to move you nothing is going to move you off this born again life there will be plenty of enemies who will try the devil is there yes the world is there the enemies of the church they're going to try to move you but god will establish you to stand And as Jesus says, because of your faith in him, in Matthew 16, he says, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. You have been established by God as a member of not only this congregation, but of the Holy Christian and Apostolic Church. And that is also known as the church militant. Because we are at war. Satan and the world are certainly attacking us, and we have the weapon Of the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God to battle against that to tell the world that God loves them that Satan is defeated that Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive all the sins of all people of all time and rose from the dead so that death no longer has any mastery over us who believe in him that is being established as a born-again follower of Christ but remember that is not where establishment ends now, being established means that at the end of this hard life there will be a triumphant victory and so now we call that going to the church triumphant in heaven a place where Jesus even now is preparing us for so what's the point all about this why does Peter in his first letter want to tell us to be restored, confirmed, strengthened, and established through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, I think the main point here, the big idea here, is that you are encouraged. This weekend, four brothers encourage others as they make their confession of faith. We just, we just witnessed that. You and I are encouraged through the love of Christ for us, and now we can encourage others. Reflecting that love of Christ that restores us that love of Christ that confirms us as God's children that love of Christ That strengthens us in this hard life of suffering and that love of Christ that establishes us So that nothing can move us Let me wrap all this up with a story and I want to give credit to this story um, To the right people and I will do that in the notes if you come back and look at the uh, notes of this manuscript I get this credit Uh, To the story. I did not come up with this, but it is a story about a teacher Just a simple ninth grade math teacher of all people who gave an assignment on a Friday afternoon to her class Take out a sheet of paper She told the class and write on it every name of the person in this class right now, but put a space in between each name and Then what I want you to do is think up of something nice about that person and write it down under their name That took the rest of the class period, and the kids did that, and then at the end of the period, they turned in the the, the sheets of paper. That weekend, this teacher went through and wrote on a separate piece of paper the name of each of the students, and then compiled all the things that were said about that student by all the people in the class. So each person had their own list of what was said about them by the entire class. So on Monday, they come back in and she hands out each student's pieces of paper. Before long, the entire class was smiling. And as they were reading through that, she could hear, kind of under, her, under their breath, around the room, really? And I never knew that I meant anything to anyone. And I, don't really know, I didn't really know that others liked me so much. That was the gist of the comments made. No one ever mentioned those papers in class. She never knew if they ever shared them with each other talked about them or shared them with their parents. But again, it didn't matter to her. The exercise accomplished its purpose. The students were happy with themselves and with each other, and the group of students then moved on through high school. Years later, one of the students was killed in action in Vietnam. The teacher attended the funeral of her former student, and the church was packed with his friends and family. One by one, those who loved him took a last walk by the casket, and the teacher was the last one to do so. And as she stood there, one of the soldiers who acted as a pallbearer came up to her and said, were you Mark's math teacher? And she nodded yes, and then he said, you know, Mark talked about you all the time. After the funeral, there was the dinner, and many of Mark's classmates were there. Mark's parents were there, and the teacher went as well, and the teacher could tell. Parents wanted to talk to her about something, and so the father came up to her and says, I want to show you something. And he took out a wallet, a billfold and told her they found this on his body when they found him in Vietnam. And he opened it up and he pulled out a piece of paper that obviously had been taped and folded and refolded many, many times. The teacher knew without looking at what was written on the paper, that was the one that she gave to him so many years ago that listed all the good things that his class had written about him. Thank you so much for doing that, Mark's mother said. As you can see, Mark treasured it. And then all of Mark's former classmates started to gather around. Charlie smiled rather sheepishly and said, "I still have my list. It's in the, dress- the drawer of my dresser back home." Chuck's wife said, "You know, Chuck made me put his list in our wedding album." I have mine too, Marilyn said. It's in my diary. And then Vicky, another classmate, reached into her pocketbook, and took out her wallet and showed the woman the worn and frazzled list to the group. I carry this with me all the time. And Vicki said, without batting an eyelash, I think we all saved our lists. Just goes to show that we are here as followers of Jesus who are restored, confirmed, strengthened, and established to encourage each other. You can be encouraged by others, and you can encourage others. Because through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who bled and died on the cross to forgive your sins and gave you eternal life through his resurrection from the dead, restores you, confirms you, strengthens you, and establishes you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message on Boundless. I hope that today's message brought you the love and hope that will meet your need. I'm the pastor at St. Matthew Lutheran in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. And at St. Matthew, we see that there is boundless need all around us that can be met with the boundless love of Jesus so we can all live with boundless hope. For more, go to our website, www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. There you will find more content and resources that will give you the boundless love of Jesus. If you are in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. In the meantime, find us on Instagram at St. Matthew Hawthorne Woods. There is no E in Hawthorne, by the way. And we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening to Boundless. Remember, the answer to all need is Jesus, who is love and brings hope.